Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, Aaron, what's the last thing you watched on Disney Plus? Oh, wow. Pop quiz. Pop uh, quiz. Raya and the Last Dragon. Me too. Do your kids like it? I think so. It's not a favorite. In well, my house. I mean, it's, it's new. It's like, not like some of the other ones where they watch it and then they want to watch it again, like the same day or the next day. This one, I think because it doesn't, it lacks music. Hmm. That one, part of the reason why it doesn't appeal to my kids as much. A lot of cool action and stuff, which my son likes, but. Yeah. But we're going to have some really cool stuff to see on Disney Plus very, very soon, actually. Next month. Like, I am confused why they didn't hold this stuff until May, since May is kind of like Star Wars month, but. We did we did find out that uh, Disney Plus is going to be adding some really, really awesome stuff in April, such as the Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure and the Battle of Endor. Have it, you ever seen these? I don't know that I have. Like from I have beginning to end. I've seen like bits and pieces of them over the years. Clips. Maybe I watched one when I was a kid, but I don't remember it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely gonna sit down and watch these. Is there three yeah. of them? Uh, there's two. Two, okay. There's two. It's Caravan of Courage and the Battle for Endor. I've seen them both. I own them both on DVD. I will say this though, they don't hold up, so it's not. Yeah. It's it's gonna be rough. I got that I, sense that they're okay. Because I don't I'm, have memories of them, I knew that they're not going to necessarily be nostalgic for me. So I was kind of like, yeah. I don't know. I, I've gone this long without seeing them. Maybe I shouldn't. So I never seeked it out. But now that it's on Disney Plus, it's like right in front of me. I kind of have yeah. to watch them now. I think it's cool that they're adding them just so that we have like more of all of the things that have been made from Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And but I, it's kind of also like, meh, okay. <laughs> it makes sense because all the Disney stuff, you know, they went through their back library and just put everything out there, even stuff. Well, that, not everything. I know there's stuff that's not there yet, but I think that a lot of the stuff they put on there, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, wow, but it's not good. It's not good Disney stuff. It's just old Disney <laughs> stuff. And it's just like, okay, let's clean out the library and put everything on Disney Plus. Well, they are missing uh, Pooh Corner and Dumbo Circus. So until they put Pooh Corner and Dumbo Circus on there, we're going to have a problem. But that's not only just Ewok stuff. We're also getting the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, which I know you love. I've seen it. I own it on bootleg like a DVD. <laughs> I think that's the version I have too. Some a friend of mine. I don't remember. Yeah, who I don't. Yeah, friend mailed of it to friend me. Friend of a friend. Or and something. they burned. Yeah, they burned all the episodes off of something and put them on a nice DVD for me. So that's the only version of it I have right now. Yeah, does yours have like a printed cover that's like in yeah. the yeah? Yeah, it's the do. same person. Do we know the same the same people? <laughs> the same person. They're probably listening right now. Like, what? You don't remember? You don't remember me sending it to you? I don't. I don't. 
yeah, so that'll be that'll be kind of cool to have that. I am kind of surprised though that they're. I am. I'm. There's certain I, things I didn't think I'm would confused. come out, but now that it's like, sure, you know, if they're gonna put the Ewok movies out there, I mean, at least the Gendy stuff was was critically acclaimed. I think mm-hmm. it won Emmys. Uh, so, you know, that stuff people really want to see. I think the other stuff is a little bit more. It'll be fun to watch and kind of almost like laugh at and with some of that stuff the ewoks cartoon though that's coming that's coming as well which i did grow up with that and i did i watched it when i was a kid and i remember liking it as a kid now i haven't seen it in forever so i don't think i'll go back and there won't be any entertainment value probably for my kids it's probably so aged but i think there'll be some nostalgia with with the ewok cartoons well i own ewoks and droids on dvd Okay. So, not that I've watched it. I just, I own it. <laughs> you right. Know? It's not like you're I mean, pulling I've that seen... out. So, like, the Ewoks and Droids, they came out in, like, 1985, which is the year I was born. Um, I was five, so I was, like, the right age. Yeah, you were the right age. I know I've seen it, but, I mean, years and years. Like, I'm sure I watched it around the same time I was watching Gummy Bears and Popples and Care Bears. So... It's kind of along the same lines, honestly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it makes sense that you were born the year that an Ewoks thing was released. I mean, it kind of kind of makes sense. It maybe <laughs> explains some things. Maybe it was bland. I have no I'm, idea. Like I, you know, we were joking around about me being a Star Wars baby because I was born in 1980, and you were kind of saying, "Well, that doesn't really That's matter." The year my brother was born. But you know, you're an Ewok baby because you were born in 1985. Apparently, I'm an Ewok baby. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then they're also giving us the animated short, The Story of the Faithful Wookiee, which was part of the holiday special, which I'm like, don't do that, because now we're going to have all the people that are like, holiday special, put the holiday special on Disney Plus, like our friend Richard. Uh, and I'm like, look, leave it alone, okay? Just leave it alone. I mean, if you're going to put all the weird Disney stuff out there, I don't. I mean, I get I'm fine if they put it out there. I don't. I don't, I'm not pining for it. I don't need to see it. Yeah, I have no. seen it. I I've did, seen it once and that's I went enough. through, I found the YouTube video that wasn't taken down yet. I watched it. Once was enough. The animated short with Boba Fett is, you know, it's it's cool and it's kind of important because it's the first appearance of that character. A lot of the look of that character influenced the way the current Mandalorian looks, some like his weapons and stuff. So there's some history there that I think, it's it's cool to be able to watch that one again. I'll like to be able to have that right at my fingertips. But the the rest of the holiday special, yeah, I don't care to see again. You literally do. You can go on YouTube. You have it at your fingertips on your phone. It's I'm different. It's saying. different. I'm, I'm just... I know. You're right. You're right. I, you can watch just about anything if you want on your phone. But I like to have it kind of organized in a nice library. I could sit down on my couch and pull out my Apple TV <laughs> controller. Wow, was that an Apple TV flex? That's okay. our yeah, that's our. That was your uh, that was your our sponsor. Flex. Our Apple. sponsor, Apple TV. <laughs> oh my god, um, yeah. So anyway, I mean, Disney Plus is getting it's getting better and better, and they released news about how many subscribers they have recently, and it's just they're crushing it. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. But we've had some book news recently. One of the things isn't that, well. 
Well, I was going to say it isn't that great. <laughs> I was going to say it isn't that great. But then at the same time, I wasn't really like excited for it. So I guess they just kind of don't really care. But the Mandalorian novel has been canceled. Now, the one thing I am bummed about is the visual dictionary or guide or whatever has also been canceled. But at the same time, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So. I think it makes complete sense. And there's all these theories as to why it got canceled and when. I don't know, you know, why it got canceled. I think, I actually tend to think that it's more related to the different series that are being announced that are yep. going to kind of be in that same world, or that yep. same universe. And they, they're probably just coming up with the storylines right now. And they don't want to have anything that comes out that could possibly hinder the direction they want to go with the story. And if you have a novel, you have a you know visual guide. You know, right now they're saying that stuff's canon, so they have to. You know, that would put a, a few bumps in the road for them, possibly. So I think that that's part of the reason. It does it have anything to do with you know Cara Dune, char- you know her character? You know, does it have anything to do with that? The fact that you know all the drama that's been going on with that stuff. I don't know. Maybe. Ah, whatever. It's, it's a topic canceled. we don't really. It's yeah. canceled, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I I will say as far as being excited, I was somewhat excited for, you know, kind of some some extra material around Mandalorian. That is actually one thing that show hasn't had a lot of. You know, there's yeah. not. You know, pretty much every other movie, TV show that's come out, there's a lot of other material that we can kind of dig into. Mandalorian really hasn't had that, so it was kind of like. I was interested to see what they were going to do with it. But at the same time, it wasn't when I saw the cancellation, I was like, okay, I can wait for more TV Mm. around that stuff as opposed to having to read a novel. Yeah. Yeah. But we did have an announcement. This is actually something that I'm kind of excited about. We reviewed the dark side version of like kind of like a similar book, but by George Mann. And I did the, like, light side version, I guess, on the Star Wars Book Club YouTube oh, yeah. channel. Myth, myths and fables. Myths and fables. Yes, you did that like, on the, the dark side and then, like, Sith, the Sith and dark legends or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Either way, light side, dark side. But they announced a new venture with George Mann and Kevin Scott actually joining in. But the artwork is still done by Grant Griffin, who did the artwork for those other books, which is the Life Day Treasury Holiday Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away coming out on September 7th. So this has been in process for a while and apparently it's the tales promised to span different eras while bringing themes of hope family kindness and love life day treasury began with an idea that scott had for star wars holiday stories which ended up resulting in a reunion and a collaboration so it looks like they are doing this together and we don't have a cover or anything really like we just know that it's coming out it's a middle grade um gonna be like a middle grade kind of book uh, and that's about all we know at this point. And it's the book that we that we need that we didn't know we needed. No, oh, because is it when I like this is something I'd never even thought of. Like, oh, it'd be cool right. for a compilation of stories around about the holidays in, in the Star Wars universe. But when I see Kevin Scott and George Mann attached to it, and I see the artwork, 
that they've yeah. they have two images yeah. here that they've released from this book and they're both cool in their own way mm-hmm. um the one with the jedi with like the white robe Mm-hmm. and he's kind of perched up on the side of something, and he's got that cool crossbar lightsaber. Like, that's just such a cool art piece there. So, and what they say right underneath that art piece is, one tale dials back the clock to the High Republic era, which is not surprising, since mm-hmm. it's Cavan Scott, uh, centuries prior to the events of the Star Wars The Phantom Menace, and during the height of the Jedi Order, as can be seen in the above art depicting a Jedi in a snow-kissed city. So... That's going to be pretty cool. So they're tying in High Republic stuff, which is pretty awesome. And then they also say there's one tale guaranteed to melt hearts that can be summed up in three words. <laughs> I don't know what the three words are, but oh, Ewoks, Ewoks in, in snow. snow. <laughs> Ewoks <laughs> in snow. And we were just talking about me being an Ewok baby. So uh, let's see. Kevin Scott says, I think the first line in my original pitch for the book was Ewoks in snow. Anyone who talks to me about Star Wars knows my love of the furry little warriors. And this seemed too good an opportunity to miss. Both George and I are huge fans of winter folklore. And through stories like this, we wanted to explore the customs and beliefs that had developed on a number of worlds in the galaxy, including, of course, the forest moon of Vendor. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm more excited about the story with the Jedi, but the, Ewoks I will admit, in snow. I will admit Ewok, the Ewoks <laughs> picture does look pretty adorable, although it's there's some menacing cute. creature in the background, too, so I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a little more scary than cute. It kind of looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I could see and that. It does. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it is available for pre-order if you want to go and do that, but I... This is a good announcement. I like this one. And they just canceled the Mandalorian, so it opened a spot in our review yeah, schedule. So maybe we'll s- put this one in. Absolutely perfect. It's like it was destined. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so on this episode, we are going to be reviewing the High Republic, A Test of Courage. Um if you want to hear Aaron's uh, thoughts on this, just go listen to this other show he did. Uh, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I have reviewed this book on a different podcast. You're right. That's what I'm saying. She's calling That's me out. I, I broke the yeah, rules. I'm, I'm I broke calling, the rules. He broke the rules. And uh, so these are not going to be his, his first initial thoughts like without other people's input because he's already <laughs> I don't know that review is a while ago I think I forgot everything I said so um sure yeah all right so anyway I'm just giving Aaron a hard time everybody leave Aaron alone don't send us any nasty emails uh or do either way it's fine, way, it's fine. fine. I can take it. <laughs> okay so this is the High Republic a test of courage the publisher is Disney Lucasfilm Press author was Justina Ireland and it was released January 5th of 2021 so there will be spoilers everybody publisher summary is as follows long before the Clone Wars the Empire or the First Order the Jedi lit the way for the galaxy in a golden age known as the High Republic Fernestra I don't know how to say her last name Roe is it just, just Roe Ro. yeah okay 
uh, has just become a Jedi Knight at age 15, but her first real assignment feels an awful lot like babysitting. She's been charged with supervising 11-year-old aspiring inventor Avon Staros on a cruiser headed to the dedication of a wondrous new space station called Starlight Beacon. But soon into their journey, bombs go off aboard the cruiser. While the adult Jedi try to save the ship, Vernestra, Avon, Avon's droid, J6, and a Jedi Padawan, and an ambassador's son make it to an escape shuttle. But communications are out and supplies are low. They decide to land on a nearby moon, which offers shelter, but not much more. And unbeknownst to them, danger lurks in the forest. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I love books like this and I love young adult middle grade books and I love I love these stories so I'm already giving it five bookworms because I loved it and it was so good and I did a hybrid read I did a hybrid read of audiobook and regular book so you saw the the artwork that was inside the book because if you just did audiobook that's something you would have missed they have three illustrations kind of hidden throughout the book that I thought, like, although very, they basically match the cover. So if, right. you, if you've seen the cover, it's the same art style. But they're de- it's definitely a almost like an animation art yeah. style. Like, I could see this being an animated series with this exact uh-huh. same look. Um, but I thought the pictures were really cool and kind of fit the story really well. I like that they did that, too. I think especially with going into the High Republic where some of these things, they're bringing up species and all kinds of stuff that we don't necessarily know. Having imagery has been really nice. And we talked about this in our previous episode that having some of that supplementary material that StarWars.com and Del Rey have been putting out there has been really helpful to visualize a lot of this stuff. So Yeah, we're um, getting so many visuals for Light of the Jedi. We know... Pretty much any named Jedi in these books, we know what they look like. We've seen them in action. I actually picked up the first couple issues of the comic um, just because I was curious to see what those were like. And, you know, there's some of the Jedi we've already read about, you know, Mm -hmm. are already showing up in the comics. So it's just really, I love how much visual, um, you know, content we have for this, for these stories. Yeah, I agree. And I know we've said it before, but can... Can they just let Disney Disney Press <laughs> just design all the books? Because yes, they do such a good job of the design of these books. And the, the feel of the covers and the feel of the pages and the prints. It's like all of it. It's I know it I wouldn't love, work. I love Del Rey. I love you. I love you guys. You know we love you. But the Disney Lucasfilm Press books. Maybe well, I think because the Del Rey books are, you know, it's like the adult publishing arm, and so they're trying to, you know, maybe be they're catering to adults, so they're being a little bit more boring. People that wanted to, you know, fit (laughs) fit in on their bookshelf at the right height. But I like, I love how compact this book is. That is one of the best things about it. It's such a cool. It's easy to carry around. It's it's the hard cover. It doesn't even have a slip cover. It's the hard cover has the image on it which I love. Um, Not that I don't know that I'd want all my books to be like this. I mean, obviously, they can't fit as much content in a small book like this. If you had, you know, Alphabet Squadron in this shape, it would be like this gigantic fat book. So I get why this works for want to read it anymore, though. It it works for a middle grade book, which this book is absolutely a middle grade book. It's not even close to YA, in my opinion, as far as the way it's a little YA. 
There's a little there's a little IA in there. This is this is a book that There's a little ya in there. I know you don't like it when I say kids book. It's not a kids book. This is a kids book for older kids. It's, it's definitely not a kids book. It's a middle grade book. There's like a good moral to the story it's and a like a little middle grade book. It is a middle grade book. Middle grade is where kids with, go. With the uh oh, <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time, but you know what I'm saying? Like the the themes in this book you know, it's kind of a group of friends and it's, you know, they're learning good lessons and learning about how to be independent. It's something is that... This the, is this the opinion that you got from the previous podcast that you were on? No, actually, regards? we didn't talk about this at all. This, oh, okay. this never so came you up. Do, so you do remember. I okay. saved all the good stuff for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the characters. Let's, let's talk about it. Wait, but before we do, um, I do want to touch on the audiobook because we always do that. Thank yeah. you to... Penguin Random House Audio for hooking us up with the audiobooks so that we can actually review the audiobooks and let you guys know what we think. I did do a hybrid, um, and the only reason I did a hybrid is because during when I was reading this, I was in quarantine at the same time, so I tend to listen to audiobooks when I'm driving, and I needed to get through some of it, so I definitely you know, decided to read some of it. And But I will say the production on the audiobook for this one was it was it was stellar like it was better than some of the previous ones that we've had and i think some of the reason for that is because we had a different narrator this time and you know i mean like we love mark thompson we love jonathan davis but like they do a lot of the star wars audiobooks and so a lot of times we've talked about it before the voices can kind of like mesh together and can kind of seem repetitive and like we've heard them before so i like when they use a different narrators for the books because it makes them feel fresh and i just started the uh the claudia gray high republic book into the dark and there's a different narrator for that one and that one so it's been refreshing because he's good yeah he's good yeah yeah Yeah, i agree so we'll when we get to that we'll get there but uh yes the the audiobook was really really well done narration was great uh, sound effects and stuff were really, really on point. And I just think they did a really good job with the audiobook for this one. Yeah, I agree. I thought I, I listened to some of the audiobook and I, I was impressed with what I heard. And I think when it's uh, this middle grade style book, the character, there's less or fewer characters than an adult book a lot of times. So there's not as many voices for them to tackle. They really focused on like a core group throughout this book. So I think that helped too, that there wasn't just so many different voices and like kind of side characters and crew crew members that they were trying to capture voices for. It was really that this core group of, of kids throughout most of the book. Uh-huh. I agree. My chair's wobbling. I don't <laughs> I was know why. what that look was. Well, I would try to figure out like why my chair's wobbling and like, does there a screw loose? I don't know. Um... Is there a screw loose? Well. Shut up. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with this book, we're getting more Nile, of course, and everything is overlapping a little bit, but where everything is overlapping, which I think is really cool. Well, you and I love that. We love the, the when stories overlap and there's connectivity between stories. And it is interesting because a lot of the stuff is happening at the same time in different parts of the galaxy, but it's happening at the same, like, parallel to each other. So from stories we've read, right? 
which I think is cool. I also want to say that, like, if you're sort of timid on, like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to get into the High Republic because I don't know, I don't want to have to read everything. You don't have to from what I've observed so far. You don't have to. I mean, you could skip this book and you would be totally fine probably with the one of the other books. Um, they're not they're not sequels to each other. So it's not like you have to read all of this and the comics and everything. But if you do, it'll flesh out the story even more and give you a greater understanding. But it's not a necessity. So like if you don't want to read a YA or you don't want to read a middle grade, you'll probably be okay if you just read Kevin Scott's next High Republic adult novel. That's a good point. I actually hadn't thought about it that way. But one of the things that's unique to the series is not like if I'm thinking back to something similar that they've done in the past, go back to something like New Jedi Order when they were releasing those in the Legends era. And it was those were very much kind of one after the other sequels to each other. And if you missed one, you kind of missed a key point of the story. Whereas these are almost like layered on top mm -hmm. of each other where you have, you know, you have a story and then you have another story that kind of overlaps it. Maybe it shares some characters. You have the comics. And, you know, like you said, you don't necessarily have to read it all. Although I would say you're probably going to get the most out of it, you know, if you do. And I can't wait to kind of get more into the comics. That's the one area I haven't gotten into right. yet as much with this stuff. But yeah, it is it is interesting how they've decided to not keep it chronological. It's just kind of you know, here's a bunch of stories. Read them at your at your leisure. But I kind of like that though. I mean, with this particular story, as this you know it's going, we have the emergences that are happening in the Light of the Jedi book and stuff that's happening and the uh, opening of Starlight Beacon and all of that stuff is, you know, about to happen. Whereas this one is set alongside that. But, like, it's, like, parallel, but then, like, a little bit in front because they make a little bit more progress towards... Right now, like, my key points are the big explosion thingy and the opening of starlight beacon and so like light of the jedi takes you like half the way there three quarters of the way there and then this one gets you to the opening of starlight beacon so it's sort of interesting like you said like like they are layered i like a lot of the characters in this one though vernestra Rowe. she's out. just stunning and she got her own little short on StarWars.com, you know how they're doing those video yeah. introductions to the characters? And they've only really been, you know, kind of picking out certain key characters. So not all of the characters are getting these. And she was one they did do. So, um, and I, I I know we're going to see more of her because they're already, they've already announced another book that's coming out, I think, in July that stars her. I think it's almost maybe even a sequel to this because I think Justina wrote that as well. But yeah, so we're definitely getting more of this character. I love her. Yeah, she's like, cool. I think she's really, really interesting. I think she's interesting because of the fact that she is 15, that she is advanced, that she is, she's sort of like that kind of like prodigy Jedi, right? She's way more advanced than her peers, but at the same time, she's not really socialized. She's more of like a book, you know, like a book nerd kind of character. 
you know it remind there's there's a character in a movie or something that sort of reminds me of her and i can't put my finger on it but you know someone who's very advanced who gets given a lot of responsibility and stuff but is but is book smart but not really socially smart you know and has to sort of na- learn to navigate that and trying to figure all of that out and i feel like that is sort of her um she goes through a lot of challenges in this particular book for someone who is 15 and for somebody who is considered a Jedi Knight. Because if you're considered a Jedi Knight, at least in my eyes, that means that you know, like, so much about the Force and the way it works, right? Like, you have an expectation because you are now a Jedi Knight. But she's only 15. Yeah, and it doesn't usually happen... I guess that young. Something they no. haven't really focused on a ton in the current canon. I know they dug into the kind of that stuff a little bit more in Legends. But yeah, in the current canon, they haven't really put a lot of focus on kind of the path to becoming right. a knight and, you know, what are the age ranges and all of that. So 15, I guess, is, you know, you're not typically going to be a knight by 15. I think, I think they were saying maybe it was Into the Dark. When we were talking about one of the ones that's still not a night. Into the Dark isn't out yet. Or it's out, but we haven't recovered it. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying from the little amount that I've looked at the first chapter, um, I think there's a character there who just became a knight and is only and he's already like nineteen or twenty. So I haven't read that yet. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean I think everybody goes at their own pace, but I think it's kind of in my head at least, it's sort of that general like when you're like somewhere around 18 to 20 is probably around the time that you would take your trials or in your early twenties, you know, and she's just a prodigy. She did it before, you know, she was ready before and that's good and bad in a lot of ways. But with this particular story, I think it works really well. And we get introduced to a lot of other really interesting characters. There's another Jedi. um, He's a Padawan, Emery, And Emery is a very interesting character to me because he's one of those Jedi that is being put through it at a very young age and is like, it just has that kind of Anakin vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. he can either flop and fail and fall to the dark side or stay on the light side, but he's like on a little teeter totter, you know, and we see some of that in this book, but he's he's an interesting character. We were introduced to his master. I think his name wasn't his name like Master Douglas or something like that. Yeah, which I thought was kind of a funny, funny name. It sounds just too real world, Douglas. But <laughs> Master Douglas dies, and so Emery's got to go through that grief, you know. Right. And a lot of the char- characters in this book, they're kind of all struggling with things like that, you know, you know, together. But you see him going through the ringer. With that, not only that, he's also got to deal with kind of. He likes he likes uh, Vernestra Rowe, like they're friends, but he's also a little jealous, I think, of the of how advanced she is, and he mm-hmm. kind of hasn't gotten to her level yet. So that's another thing he's got to struggle with. Mm-hmm. And they do make a point in saying that Emery has always been kind of behind in his group of mm-hmm. Padawans. Like he's not the smartest. He's not the cleverest. He's not the most talented. Like he, you know, he's just like, he's in tune to the force. His thing is more of like being really in touch with people's emotions, 
you know, and touching the force from that side. So, you know, he doesn't have the same talents that some of these others have. And I think that he struggles with that because he feels inadequate in com- like comparison. And then, of course, being shoved into close quarters with someone like Vernestra, who's very advanced, you know, is can be a little bit daunting. Um, we do get two other characters that are not Jedi who are very, very different and very, very interesting. The first is going to be Avon Staros, who does that name ring a bell with anybody else? <laughs> um, I mean, not Avon, but the Staros surname that that ring a bell. Uh, she's a daughter of a senator, which is Kira Staros. And I'm just curious, does this tie into Han Solo Staros at all? Is that like, or, is there a connection there? Because I feel like there is. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they, this is one of the first characters we were introduced to when they were first kind of, you know, releasing information about these books. They had mentioned uh, Avon Staros as a character and pretty much right away made that connection to, you know, the character we know from the comics and saying, yes, this is someone who is related. And you can tell just by looking at her, you know, she's got <laughs> kind of a similar hairstyle. Yeah. Uh, so she's very similar. Uh, and then she was a cool character too. I liked her. She was, she's just like, she's very young, but super she's intelligent. Sassy. Yeah. And, but super intelligent. So she's kind of already, you know, she's one of those kids that she's going to question authority or if her parents tell her to do something, she's going to be like, wait, maybe I know better than you do. And, you know, we've all been around young kids that are like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought she was pretty fun and she's the tech wizard also seems to have some obsession with kyber crystals, which I found interesting. And also terrifying. Same right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's she's into technology. She's into kyber crystals. It's kind of, okay, we know what in the future is technology and kyber crystals, you know, the Death Star. So not that she's <laughs> going to be involved in that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how all of these characters develop and how they use them in future stories. Because mm-hmm. you have to imagine at least some of these characters we're being introduced to as good people now are probably going to not be good later on. So we'll see. And one of those I'm predicting is one of the other characters that we met, which is honesty weft. Yeah. So he's, he's the son of a Dalnan ambassador and he loses his father during this book because the ship that they were on is bombed and blown up. And uh, so in the same way that Emery lost his Jedi master, honesty loses his father. And I'm just not convinced that honesty is going to stay honest. honest. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I just don't, um, he, he shows a lot of signs kind of like Emery you know, of that young sort of, I don't know, like just that it's that rebelliousness that's in there. And he's trying to like live up to his dad, you know, you know, he's apparently very impressed with his father and kind of feels like he's not going to live up to, to his father. So seems like he has an interesting upbringing too. Right. Uh, Some uniqueness there. And just lost his dad, you know, it's probably, you know, that doesn't help anything, you know, as far as right. a child's development. So, yeah, I, he was, I will say though, probably the more or the less interesting character in the book. Like I, I didn't really, yeah. I wasn't that interested in kind of his thing. Um, the least memorable probably of the cast, even, even less so than the droid. 
<laughs> that droid. That droid reminded me of L3 yep. in a lot of ways. Like, a lot of ways. It really, really did. Uh, now, the, the one of the things about Vern that I loved is the fact that her lightsaber is purple. So let's just, you Purple know. lightsabers are cool. Oh, but it's not just a lightsaber. It's a light whip, too. She yeah. made a freaking purple lightsaber light whip. Yes, please. I am down. Yeah, it was. It's fine. I don't know. They did what light do you whips. Mean? They did light whips in Legends. It was usually the bad guys that had it. Um, they mentioned that, and they mentioned that, which I thought was a cool, a cool little nod. But I don't know. I like traditional lightsabers. I think the more weird they get with the lightsabers, the more I'm just like, eh. I don't know. They're just trying to come up with cool new lightsabers. But she can switch back and forth, it seems like, where it kind of, she can make it a whip when she wants to, and then it can switch back to the normal. So I'm glad it's not just a whip. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know. I like it. I like that, too. I just thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was like a cool thing. She had like a light whip. And then it sort of reminded me when I saw Ryan the Last Dragon because her sword (laughs) gets like whippy. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is this? Oh, yeah, I guess that's the same kind of thing. Whippy. It's true. Yes. So anyway, I mean, the overall story, I think, was actually really good. And we get to see these young characters have to learn how to survive on their own and, you know, trying to figure out what talents they are that they have that they can bring and how they can work together as a team. And we do see some failures happen as well. We see Emery try to go off and uh kill the Nihil that have been following them, that followed them to crash land on this particular uh, planet that they land on or moon that they land on. And he ends up like getting captured him and honesty get captured by these Nihil. And I just, I have to say it because it is, it happens. The boys go off to take things into their own hands and take care of these bad guys, and then the girls have to come save them. So I'm just saying. Mm. Who wrote this book? What? I was uh, very Justina, happy about that. Ireland. Yeah. Are you happy about that? I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not, I mean, I don't know that that's, it's a story, you know? No, it's, it's, it's important. No, I <laughs> mean, it's, it's important. It's a that story. That doesn't happen very often. You don't think so yeah. now? No, I I still don't think it's so. It's happening so. more, which is a good thing. It is, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, yeah, it, he he kind of has a little brush with the dark side as well. He does. So that was interesting, although it was quick. I kind of i I would have liked to see that maybe last a little longer, just mm-hmm. to see I, he ends up fighting against Vernestra, and. But it's really quick. Like they have a couple little clashes, and then he's like, "Oh, you know, he he stops doing his thing, and you know, he's not not going to full on turn to the dark side." I was getting a little excited when there was like this battle, and I'm like, "Oh no, he's going to turn to the dark side. He's going to go off, like kind of jump on a shuttle and disappear and show back up in three years as this dark side user." You know, I kind of my head was going there, and then on the next page, he's already back, and I was like, "Ah, never mind." It's a middle didn't, grade novel. Didn't pay off. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not Delray. Uh, but yeah, I think the other thing I'll say is the um, the Nile. This was my first introduction to them because I actually read this book before I read Light of the Jedi. Or oh, before, of yeah. course you did. Uh-huh. Yeah, as you're well aware. And, <laughs> and 
And so this was my first introduction to them, and I was kind of like, uh, you know, it's just those two pirates they introduced it to. They're kind of not that threatening. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope they're not all like this. So I'm glad when I read Light of the Jedi, I was like, okay, they're, they're a lot more intimidating. They're much more menacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's interesting because Guishi and whatever her name is, they are on a mission that you get a glimpse of in Light of the Jedi. So, and then there's some communication back between them and their uh, Nihil leader person, overlord. (laughs) And so they tie that in together. So I did like that. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I do remember like, as I was reading through the very first chapter and it gets to the end and they meet that they're kind of trying to do their undercover thing because they're setting the bombs and that droid comes in and finds them. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you're like, okay, this is a fun book. and But then the very end, it says, uh, uh, what is it? The girl's name is, is it Clinith? Yeah, I think it's Clinith. Clinith, duh. There was a large, heavy hydra spanner on the wall and Clinith lifted it in her hands, testing the way. Oh, I have your updates right here. She slammed the heavy tool into the top of the droid again and again until the droid was little more than random metal parts. Violent. Clinith smiled at the destruction all around her. She'd gotten to smash something after all. And I was just like, <laughs> poor little droid. Like, <laughs> he got murdered right at the end of the... I was like, this is this just got real at the end of chapter one. It got, it got real at the end of chapter one. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't even chapter one. That was just like the, the prologue. But yeah, so it's true. Droid murder. Droid murder. But you know what? I think they're toying with a lot of like really good themes, and then they're also not shying away from death and from other things that have tend to happen a lot in books that they don't, you know, face those realities. And they're doing it in every medium, you know, whether it's adult novel, middle grade novel, whatever, they're they're going balls to the wall. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> like actually like doing it. Pedal you know? to the metal. Pedal to the metal. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's I've really enjoyed the High Republic stuff so far. And I'm really, really excited about getting into the comics. Yeah. So, and I think we're going to try, I know we haven't typically been doing comics as much, but I think we are going to try to do some of the comics on the show just because we're that excited about this stuff. We are. We are that excited. It's all year. I mean, I was looking at the schedule. It's just like, it's all High Republic. They're really going all in on it. From here on out. They're going. They're going all in. Pedal to the metal. Pedal to the metal. Let's use that one. (laughs) What's wrong with the other one? (laughs) So the next book that's coming out in July that has Vernesha Rowe in it will also have the character of, um, is it Wraith? Wraith? Wraith Silas, who is one of the main characters in Into the Dark, which is the Claudia Gray book uh, that is out right now that I have started, but I'm not that very far into. Yes, yeah, so we get more Vernestra. They're crossing her over. To mm-hmm. an, you know, to a character from Into the Dark, so that's yeah, it's good synergy. I mean, they really are tying it all together really well. I want more Buriaga. Buriaga. 
<laughs> the Wookiee Jedi. I want more of the Wookiee Jedi. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get. I t- I was reading the first issue of the comic and like Skur is his name Skur? I don't even know how to say. Yeah, the the Trandoshan. Yeah. Skur. Skur. He's he's in it pretty prominently. It you can tell it's right after Light of the Jedi that it starts, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for more of this stuff. I just wish I had more time. That's the other thing. Like I remember when back in the day in the Legends stuff when they did the Republic comics from Dark Horse and it was all the comics that were kind of around the Clone Wars era. Mm-hmm. And this was pre-Clone Wars TV show. So it was like all we were getting about the Clone Wars. And man, every time an issue came out, I was like, I read that thing like three times. I was taking notes. I wanted to know every Jedi in the era. Like I was so excited about all the content that was coming out at that time. And I just had more time on my hands back then, you know. Well, you didn't have kids. I was in my 20s, yeah. And I just, yeah, yeah, I didn't have kids. You know, my job was still pretty, you know, not stressful. So, yeah, now it's like 20 years later, I guess. Oh, my gosh. I'm old. It is. But, it is. Like yeah. 20 years later. Almost 20 years later. And, yeah, and it's like I just don't have the same kind of time to dedicate to it. Because I could see younger Aaron like when Light of the Jedi or when High Republic stuff come out that I would just be like, I'd have spreadsheets. Like I'd, I'd have every, you know, every character memorize like what, what their name is, what color lightsaber do they have? Who are they connected to? All of that stuff would be, you know, top of mind. But right now I just don't have the, the, the ability to kind of get all in on it. So what you're telling me is that I need a podcast with younger Aaron. Younger Aaron would have been, super nerdy about all this. I mean, I am still nerdy about it, but I would have been way <laughs> more nerdy about all this stuff. All right. Well, we do have some nerds that have emailed us. Oh yeah, that's true. So I think we need to, we need to talk about these. So we have an email from Tommy and it says, hello, my name is Tommy and this is my second time emailing you guys. Before I ask my question, I just want to say you guys have opened me up to some amazing Star Wars books. My favorite ones are Queen's Shadow and Queen's Peril. The Jedi Mind, Shadowfall, and Light of the Jedi. I give all of those five bookworms. That's right, Aaron. Bookworms. Now my question. Has any news come out regarding the ending to Queen's Peril when Sabe gets a message from Bail Organa? Thank you, Tommy. Yes, actually. We do have news related to that. And I don't know if you follow E.K. Johnston on her social media accounts. If you don't, you should. Um, It's E.K. underscore Johnston. And she did make an announcement. This was, when was this? Um, oh my gosh. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. When she made this particular announcement. It was March 6th or around March 6th is when... She made the announcement that there will be a third book in the Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril uh, story. She said soon there's going to be three, and she's in the current process of writing it. And I believe I saw another post. It may have been earlier than that. I feel like it might have been in February uh, where she announced that there was going to be another one coming. And if I remember, it's going to be called Queen's Hope. Yes. I believe. And it is also, she's getting a chance to write Anakin, I believe. 
Um, so she's writing Anakin and some other characters uh, that were, you know, like in the film. So I saw a, I saw an interview somewhere and that she did like really briefly. So yes, we do have another book coming. It is going to be called Queen's Hope and I'm excited for it. I think November 2nd is the current release date for that book. And we should be reviewing that. Uh, we will be reviewing In our that. last episode. It's currently on our schedule for our last episode of the year. Oh, um, oh my God. But it doesn't answer the question Tommy had. Has any news come out regarding the ending to Queen's Peril where Sabe gets a message from Bale? I don't think we know anything more about kind of what happens. Not that, no. After. But we do have more in the Queen's More saga. book coming, but I think it's a prequel, so we probably won't get pay off to the Sabe storyline till later. Yeah. I don't know. So hope for a fourth book. Yes. All right. And our next email is from Jamie Johnson. And I just love uh, the title, the sub or the subject line of this email, which is I am a mister, not a ma'am. So Jamie, I want to apologize to you in our previous episode when we read your email and I referred to you as a girl. I apologize. Uh, But the email says, it was really cool listening to you read my email on the podcast. I had my kids listening with me and hope I'd be a cool dad and have my name read on a podcast that was playing through our car stereo. I did end up being a cool dad for about 10 seconds until I was referred to to as a she, her, etc. Well, I'd like to clarify that I am a he- or a him. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> You've given my preteens a new thing running through life saying, dad's a girl, dad's a girl. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope that that has made your household fun. Uh, he continues to say, I'm reading the higher public series and I have a couple questions. What order are you supposed to read these in? Well, we kind of answered that. There's not really an order. You don't have to read them in any particular order um, because they run sort of parallel to each other. Do all the stories happen simultaneously as the adult novel? It appears so at this point in time from what we've read so far. Can you skip some stories and still know what's happening if you don't want to read the comics? I believe you can. That's that's what we think at this moment. But we are dipping our toes into the comics, so we may have more of an answer for you. But I believe so. Yeah. So. My guess is because it does, although I don't know if I'd go as far as saying you could kind of just pick up any of the books in, a, in any order i do think that there is a general direction they're heading with this with the storyline so although some of the stories may be overlapping um there is a progression so you would probably want to start reading the earlier releases and kind of go as they've been released but i don't think you know as far as if you read um you know a test of courage before you read light of the jedi or vice versa it's probably not that big a deal Mm-mm. So, yeah, but I'd say in general, you probably want to stay in somewhat release order just to kind of stick with the way they want the story to be digested. But I think you can, if you don't want to read the comics, I think you can. Yeah, skip I agree. The comics. I, I imagine that they probably have been purposely writing the novels in a way that they don't necessarily rely on the comics and probably vice mm-hmm. versa. Right. Yeah. Uh, he continues to say, thanks for all the hard work and for the laughs my family shared at the expense of dad being a girl. Thanks again, Mr. Jamie Johnson. Well, you are very welcome, Jamie. And uh, if you ever have any questions about what it's like to be a girl, uh, feel free to ask. Just, 
you know, offering it out there for you. <laughs> I think we have one more email. We do. One more email we got from... Does Jack. It have, is it Jack? Jack? Oh, it does say Jack here. Okay, Jack. We got an email from Jack. We also got a tweet from Jack. I tweeted back to Jack. He seemed pretty excited about the fact that we tweeted back to him. So I wanted to read his very short email here. He says, hi, I'm a younger listener and would love it if you shouted me out. My favorite book is the original Thrawn trilogy. Thank you. My name is Jack. So we appreciate <laughs> you, Jack, for listening to us and getting excited when we interact with you. And um, Thrawn trilogy, original Thrawn trilogy, Teresa. Thoughts? I mean, you know, I've never read them, so I'm sure they're good books. You know, I mean, I think that every book deserves to have fans. I think that's a great series of books from what I hear in the Star Wars uh, book community, that the original Thrawn trilogy is very highly regarded. So I think that that's a good choice. And we've been kind of hard. <laughs> we, we've been kind of hard on Thrawn recently. Like we have, we've been kind we of have. mean to Thrawn because a lot, there's a lot of Thrawn books and we're kind of. I think we, we're hitting some Thrawn fatigue. I so. mean, yes, but I'm also a little cautious when I'm mean to Thrawn because I know he could literally just, like, kill me. So, yeah. 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 He, yeah. He, and I, I think we're going to get a lot more Thrawn. You know, he, they've <laughs> already name-dropped him in Mandalorian. Probably a live-action version of him is coming. The books are selling like hotcakes, so they're going to keep making them. So, I mean, we're stuck with Thrawn. Where did that phrase come from? I mean, we always say, we, you know, at like at the bat, you know, or right off the bat, right off the selling bat, like hot and now selling like hotcakes. Like, how does I, where did did hotcakes just suddenly start selling really quickly at some point in time, or is that like a McDonald's thing? You know, because they have hotcakes. Predates or McDonald's it because probably. the hotcakes are cheap, so they sell <laughs> a lot. Like, I don't understand the selling of hotcakes. I don't know. I love. I think I'm. I'm just I love hotcakes. But I love sayings. Like I love saying I've things been like that. Selling like hotcakes a lot in my life. So I don't even know I've what hotcakes technically are. Hotcakes but... are pancakes. Oh, see that they're really hotcakes are pancakes. Oh, okay. See, I, I've heard pancakes thing. called flapjacks. Well, they are. The pancakes have a lot of names: hotcakes, oh, pancakes, flapjacks. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I whenever I hear selling like hotcakes, I I don't imagine pancakes. But okay. We, okay, and like, oh, you know, it says hotcakes versus pancakes. There's no difference between hotcakes and pancakes, according to Google. Both this? words describe the popular round, flat cakes cooked on a griddle or inside a skillet. In addition to hotcakes, pancakes go by other names, such as flatjack and griddle cake. One of my jobs on Bookworms is to keep Teresa from going off on tangents, and I'm not doing a good job of it tonight. No, you're not. Uh, so, <laughs> Jack, I am with you, though. The original Jack, Thrawn trilogy... Right? You is your nickname Flapjack? The, Just curious. Probably not. Maybe it could be hockey. The original Thrawn trilogy is a solid trilogy it. and my favorite Thrawn content. So I I agree with you, Jack. Those are great books. Jack, I think you should change your Twitter name to Hotcake Jack. You're you're costing us a listener right now. He's this is the last episode he's gonna Flapjack. listen to. Alright. Okay, enough <laughs> about enough about hotcakes. All right, so but they're yummy. Do you think... when you eat flapjacks slash hotcakes slash pancakes, do you put butter on them and then put syrup on them, or are you just like a syrup person? And if you put syrup on them, do you just pour it all over the top of them, or do you put it like in between each one in the stack? All right, we're gonna do this. Yes. Okay, so butter, absolutely. 
hundred percent. Yes. On each, on each one. one. So you got to put it on it and then you put the next one on top of that buttered yep. one. You put right, more right, butter. Right. Yes. I'm kind of a light syrup person. Me too. Uh, I don't like a lot of syrup. A little bit of drizzle of syrup just to kind of give it some sweetness, but I don't like it but like do, doused in it. I do a little on each one though, but just like a little bit in like a yeah, zigzag pattern and, forth, and a yeah. little bit on each one, but like I don't pour it on top. And then I like to cut them up into little squares because that's what my grandma did <laughs> for me growing up. So I cut them into little squares. Do you cut all of it before you take one bite? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm a cut as you go, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much more of a wedge. Like, I'll do a nice little wedge, eat that, another wedge until it's all gone. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right, well, those now we know. I mean, how many hundred something episodes we've never talked about how we eat pancakes? So. 121. So, there you go. Yes. Now, uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us in between shows, and actually, I would love this if you would email us and let us know how you eat your hotcakes, pancakes, oh flapjacks. <laughs> I think that would be a great bonding tool. Uh, so or tell us your to... favorite Star Wars book. Well, you know, that works um, too. You can, but I would like to know how you eat your hotcakes, pancakes, flapjacks. All right. So you can find us on Twitter at SW Bookworms, and you can email us your pancake recipes, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. Keep going. Oh, you can also find us on Facebook or facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms. You can also join our Facebook group, the Search for Star Wars Bookworms on Facebook. Find the group, and if you're not a part of it, you will have to request to join. But answer the questions, or we can't let you in because we're just going to think that you're a flapjack. You're a bot. You're a flapjack bot. Yep. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. So leave us a five-star review, please. And you can also find me on all the social medias at Ice Cold Penguin. And Aaron is at A.V. Goins. So until next time. Keep on reading. And may the force be with you. Pancake. Does, well, Star Wars, do they have Star Wars pancakes? Like we have calf for oh, coffee. They, no, but they do in Rebels. They had those waffle things. Yeah, but those are waffles. They're not pancakes. But they're Space still, bre- but they're spil- still a breakfast food. Yeah. Space waffles. Space the waffles. only difference between a pancake and a waffle is a waffle has the little holes in it. It's The batter's different too. Well, yes, yeah. but also not. Which do you prefer? Oh... Probably waffles, but I do like pancakes if they're the right fluffiness.